I'm Kaylee. I'm Gracie. And this is Sinister Sofa Talks. So when it comes to a sign that has the most blood on its hands, that would be Capricorn. The total number of victims for serial killers born under this sign was a total of 813. The highest of any sign. Serial killers with Capricorn as their sign are authoritative and crave control and power. Their usual MO includes killing by strangulation, robbery, and inclusion of ritualistic practices. Some of our more prominent Capricorn serial killers are Harold Shipman, otherwise known as Dr. Death, who was believed to have killed over 200 patients, and Dean Coral, also known as the Candyman, who was a part of a group that was responsible for the Houston mass murders, which included 28 confirmed murders. So my episode is um, an unsolved one. I'm sorry. I know, you don't like them. I just get down these rabbit holes and find them, and I just need to talk about them. So, and this one's kind of a strange one, and you're going to see why in a little bit. So, first I wanted to dive into a little bit of, like, Tokyo traditions, because this murder occurred on December 30th, so right before New Year's Eve, and New Year's Eve in Tokyo is a very big deal. So for Japanese people, it is the most important holiday or festival of the year. It's when families gather to feast and visit their local temples and shrines to pray for good fortune in the coming year. Typically, businesses shut down from the 1st to the 3rd. That's how important it is. So their New Year celebration is called Shaogatsu, and then the New Year's Day is called Ganten. So... I just kind of wanted to like touch base on how important this day is for them. So I just think it's kind of strange that it happened so close to New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. It could have been a coincidence, but you know. So this case is on the Miyazawa family. Father Mikio was 44 who worked for a London-based firm and was engaged in developing corporate identity for major corporations. He loved animation, and in school, he was active in puppet and other theatrical play. The wife, Yazuko, she was 41. She was a school teacher who ran her own schooling in her home. And then their two children, Nina, eight, who was in second grade. Um, she enjoyed ballet and piano lessons. And then Ray, six, who was in kindergarten. On December 30th, 2000, at around 11 p.m., an intruder entered the family's home by climbing a tree, coming upon an open window on the second floor bathroom, and cutting the window screen. After entering, the intruder then entered Ray's room and started strangling him with his bare hands while he was asleep. What the fuck was I trying to say there? Oh, that's what I was trying to say. I'm saying his because based on their... um. Like, the evidence that they gathered and all the DNA, they were able to determine that the killer was male. So that's why I'm saying his. But Ray is the only one that he would strangle. I'm assuming it's because Ray was the first and he probably didn't want to draw, like, too much attention, you know? Yeah. Like, making a lot of noise or whatever. So, but I don't think that he was very successful because Mikio heard something upstairs and went to investigate. I'm assuming a fight ensued. 
um, because the killer was injured in the process, but he unfortunately stabbed Mikio several times in the thighs, buttocks area, arms, chest, and face. He also stabbed him in the head with a sashimi knife, and the blade actually broke off inside Mikio's head. But Mikio's cause of death was blood loss resulting from his chest stab wounds. So afterwards, the killer drew his attention to Yazuko um, and Nina. It is believed that the killer climbed to the third floor where they were asleep in the attic and attacked them with a broken knife. They were stabbed multiple times, mainly in the face and neck area. The killer then went into the kitchen and retrieved a Sentaku knife. I'm assuming... Yasuko saw this as her chance to get her and her daughter out of there, so she decided to run. So she carried Nina down the stairs, but the killer found them where he... And that's where he delivered his final blows to them. Um, Yasuko was stabbed so viciously in her chest and head that her bones were visible, and both of their bodies were found crouched together, which just, like, fucking kills me. That's super sad. Yeah. So... Nina died last, and her cause of death was determined to be a cervical spinal cord injury caused by a stab wound in the back. Additionally, her first and third tooth were found missing, which suggests that not only was she stabbed, but she was also beaten. Instead of leaving immediately, like you would think one would do because you just slaughtered an entire fucking family, so you're like, I gotta get out of here, right? Um, He actually makes himself at home. And in some reports, it's believed that he could have stayed in the home for anywhere from 2 to 11 hours. The fuck? I know. So in the home, he browsed through the family computer. And it appears that he possibly also attempted to purchase tickets through a movie website that Mikio had bookmarked. He also consumed some barley tea, melon, and ice cream. From the family's fridge. He then also treated his injuries with some of their first aid kits. And then this is just like the cherry on top. He fucking defecated in the family's bathroom and then did flush. Oh my god. So they were able to determine that it was the killers because they tested the stomach contents of the family and it didn't match, obviously. So they were like, okay, this has gotta be his. And then drawers and papers were ransacked and some were even dumped in the bath and the toilet. And then some some money was taken, but not all of it, which is really weird to me. So I don't know what his motive is here. The killer also left behind some items, like on their couch. So he left the knife. Um, they called it a muffler, but it's like a scarf. It's very similar to a scarf. A hip bag, sweater, jacket, hat, gloves, shoes, and two handkerchiefs. The next day, between 10 and 11 a.m., Yazuko's mother... Haruko rang for them multiple times. So she lived next door, so pretty close proximity, but she couldn't get through to them, obviously. So she went next door and she knocked and knocked. So she ended up just using her key to unlock the door. So that's when she sees Mikio's deceased and bloody body laying at the bottom of the stairs. So without even a second thought if the killer might still be in the house, she rushes up to check on her daughter and grandchildren, unfortunately finding them also deceased. So, although there was a shit ton of evidence, the investigation didn't actually get anywhere, which obviously because it's still unsolved, but they even found some of the killer's blood, which was on the floor, I'm assuming from the, the fight with Mikio. So, they tested it, and it tested as type A, 
Um, the blood test also suggested that he was of mixed race, with paternal DNA suggesting an East Asian descent, while maternal DNA suggested a Southern European descent. They believe the killer to be 5'7", with a thin build, and aged between 15 and 35. They were even able to get fingerprints from the knife that was left. They scanned it, but there were no matches found. They were also able to figure out that there were only 130 units of the killer's sweater that were made and sold, but they've only been able to track down 12 of the people that have purchased said sweaters. They were able to determine that the clothes and sashimi knife were that were left behind had been purchased in Kanagawa Prefecture, and then a footprint was found at the scene, and it determined that the killer was wearing a size 11 running shoe manufactured in South Korea because no shoes of this size were sold in Japan. And then there were also trace amounts of sand that were found inside the hip bag, And this is fucking nuts. I didn't even know they could actually do this. But they analyzed it and concluded that the sand came from an area of Edwards Air Force Base in California. So they can figure all this shit out, but they can't find the killer. Even with seeking out help from the International Criminal Police Organization, they weren't really able to determine a motive either. So some theories are like money, but only because some of her money was missing but he didn't take all of it so that doesn't really make sense um and then another is angry skateboarders so and that's gonna sound really weird so let me explain so the location of their homes they were in a development that at one point had hundreds of them but all all but four had been torn down to make room for this um like skate park this Tokyo municipal skate park and the mm-hmm. Miyazawas had sold their home too, but they just hadn't moved yet. So police had reportedly investigated whether Mikio's alleged complaints about the noise from the nearby skate park had made someone like mad enough to kill his family. I don't buy this one either. Like skateboarders typically aren't fucking psycho. Yeah. But that's the only motives that I was able to find aside from it just being seemingly random but i'm i mean also random murders they usually don't just like hang out in the house so that's also weird but the investigation to the setagaya murders is among the largest in japanese history all evidence related to this case still remains in custody and as of december 2021 there is still 20 million yen reward for information leading to the arrest of the killer so that's the equivalent to like $155,000 in U.S. dollars. In 2019, it was reported that 35 officers are still assigned to the case. And every year, the TMPD, which I think that's the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department, makes a pilgrimage to the house for memorial ceremonies. Unfortunately, this brutal murder is still unsolved despite all the efforts by their law enforcement. The Miyazawa family home is still standing to this day. Um, It was actually said to be demolished, but... Yazuko's older sister had stopped that and then she actually opened the home to reporters and in one of the reporters videos you can see dozens of boxes containing the family's belongings um some of their furniture is still there and on one wall you can see penciled lines from like when they charted their children's growth which is really sad and then a round plaque also hangs with their name surrounded by flowers on the outside wall by their front door 
but that's that unsolved case. I think for once I had a shorter one than you did. Yeah, usually you have a long ass one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate unsolved ones. I know you do. I don't like them either. Have they had any leads or no? Literally none. Oh With God. all of that, they literally have none. Isn't that nuts? But there's like so much DNA. Like something that really shit. Well, and that's the thing too, is they invited in international as well and nothing. Unless it was somebody on the inside. I mean, I've been watching too many conspiracy shows. <laughs> right. So you can email us at sinistersofatalks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at sinistersofatalks. Please leave us a review and email us with any recommendations or your own cases you would like to see us cover. We would also love to read your sinister stories, whether they are true crime, murder involved, spooky, or anything of that sort. Just put in the title line of your email sinister stories and what your zodiac sign is, and we'll read those correlating to what zodiac dates we're currently in. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us on the next one. Hmm.